new on CuriosityStream. Have researchers figured out a mathematical formula for success? A clearer understanding of how success happens could lead us to change the rules. Gain a new perspective on getting ahead. It's science of success. And the U.S. won the space race, but not without help from the Nazis. They were just years ahead of us. Meet NASA's rocket scientists of the Third Reich on the moon landing and the Nazis. Watch now on CuriosityStream. Annual plans are $20, just $1.67 a month. Visit CuriosityStream.com. Is it and, Sunday? Uh, it feels like Sunday. Oh, my God. Well, it's a good thing we're here. Yeah, it's a good thing we're here. Yep. Just, you know, get back on the bandwagon. Another Sunday. This week was pretty interesting. Holy, I don't even know what happened this week. I've been in such a whirlwind. This week, yeah, this week has been quite the uh, quite the experience. <clears throat> I got a yeah, I got a story um, yeah. <clears throat> that doesn't involve you, but we'll talk about you too. Um, had a client decide to make a move because they were um, trying to help help out the father right the mother had passed now the father's you know on his own so the couple's like we're gonna go and you know move in with the father and make it all work and they bought a property like out of town far away like a couple hours out of out of toronto and croft um, maybe <clears throat> not not bancroft but equally as far and uh you know so they were coming to us to sell so i was like dealing with them and you know giving them advice and trying to figure out you know what the strategy was going to be and then they called me and said you know, let's, let's meet. And uh, by the time I got there, they said, okay, we, we actually bought a house and it's like the dream home. It was perfect. Everything, every single way. And I'm like, oh, great. You know, this is going to be great for your dad. And I was explaining how, you know, they could make some modifications and stuff. And they said, well, unfortunately the dad passed away because he was older. <clears throat> so I was like, oh man, like that's, that's tough. Right. So um, you know, real estate is a funny business. You know, you make plans and the universe laughs, right? Not only with real estate. Yep. But yes, that is definitely, see, that definitely seems to be the rule. What will go wrong? What can go wrong will go wrong? Murphy's Law? It seems that way. Man, closing the house this week was interesting. It was. You did great, Daryl. Well, we got it done. I'm a closer, closer. baby. Yeah, I don't buy stuff to just not close on it. That's if you want, if you want to close on a real estate transaction, have Daryl Frankfort on your side. That is right. I He'll find a way. A He'll bring a shovel. Let me tell you. Oh, he man. will. <laughs> well, yeah. First, so I can dig myself into a hole, and then or out. so I can. Well, it's a lot harder to dig out. Sure, I think it's a but, figurative, you know. Yeah, well, it was point of view, was, but that shovel. He's he'll bring a ladder. All right. There you go. I'll bring a shovel and a ladder. He'll bring a shovel and a ladder. That's no. good. Good yeah, for no, you. It was crazy week. Closed the house, started construction renovations. It is a lot of fun. You see, I've never been on this side of the renovation. Uh, I was I always used to be the general contractor. Yeah. Now I have. I'll be there on Wednesday. 
Yeah, you but know, listen, that's the, what you would do. Just don't let's just no, that, listen, let's the, just be honest here, Daryl. No, the thing about me when I was a general contractor is my the reason I'm not a general contractor anymore is because I gave a shit. I cared too much. Mm-hmm. I had women hugging me and crying because, you know, they're over budget and their husbands yelling at them. And it made me sad. And I would give people like free stuff. Because I felt bad, but mm-hmm. like I knew what I was doing and I was really good at it. And so now when I take my perspective in and I work with somebody else and they try and feed me like, you know, some horse shit, I have a horse shit detector. Don't, but don't you have the same thing going on with these, with this renovation too? You're going to have um, somebody's wife crying and hugging you saying that they've gone over budget and their husband's mad at them. Isn't that? Yeah. <laughs> Aren't yeah, you in like that same situation? <laughs> every millisecond. <laughs> not good. TK. Hey? It is not oh, good. I know. There is so much to do and not enough funds to go around. <laughs> it's crazy. It's like every it's time okay. you go in, every time it's like, oh, I didn't see this in the one hour visit that we had before buying it. Yeah, oh, yeah, I didn't yeah. see this. Oh, did you, Daryl? I didn't know here. that would be Can behind you... the wall. Why did they do this? Cannot answer these questions, my love. Yeah, twenty percent. Add twenty percent, whatever your budget was. So we got a guest today. We do, and he's sitting in the waiting room, waiting. Let's, let's let him in. I think that's a good idea. Don't leave the guest that's waiting. A great idea. Where Back did he go? to the show. Are you in a different shirt now? I was too hot in that sweater, man. I got to take it off. Mm. Well, I don't know how that. I wonder if anybody else had a power failure. Maybe I'm glad that you're moving to a better neighborhood. Oh, my God. Right. You're you're in the rough part of town. So I hope the power in my new house is as good as this one, because there is. I think it's better. I think you're I think you're you're going to the, the right side of the tracks. A lot right. of power usage take, going on here. Take two, take two. Take two. <laughs> <laughs> Daryl lives in a poor neighborhood, right? One. So they, they have to, you know, get their power from the grid and they steal it. And so every once in a while it goes off, right? So, yeah, my 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 neighbor unplugged the, the, the extension cord, cord I yeah. have running into his house. Yeah, he's behind. Wow. He's behind on his bills right now. So um, Arjun, thank you for joining us. Uh, you know, I saw your I saw your channel. And I think at the time, what I was looking at is I was looking for people who were talking about like, you know, experiences in Toronto, like where to go, how to live, um, yeah. you know, what to expect when you move there, like things like that. I noticed that. And what I noticed was that there was actually a lot of um, realtors doing this. Yeah. But you were coming from a different perspective. You were coming from this perspective of like, you were actually that person who yeah. moved to Toronto, right? And and yeah. had the storyline and everything else like that. So I thought that that was going to be a much better perspective than the the fake side of things, which is the realtors just trying to pretend like they know what they're talking about. <laughs> and uh, we're happy to have you on the show. You're from Arjun Approach. You got a yeah. YouTube channel and you've got some great content for people to check out. And uh, we're here to chat today. How are you? For sure. Very good. Um, feels weird to be on a Zoom call on a Sunday. I have to say, it feels like I'm at work. I'm like, I no. I got to go. Every time I hear the, this call is being recorded. I'm just like, this is a work meeting. I got to go. <laughs> yeah. We will try to make this as, you know, painless as possible. Yeah. Exactly. Maybe. 
How are you, you guys? Look, you morning? look ready to go. You don't look like it's Sunday morning. You look like you're ready to go. I record at like 11:30 in the night on most times. So okay. if like so I I feel like I've uh, mastered the art of uh I'm good to go. I'm good to like record, but I like I'm dying at 11:30 in the night and I have to like work at like 8:30 in the morning. So I feel like it's uh something I'm used to at this point. So you so you have a job as well as the YouTube uh fame? Yeah, yeah. 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 Yeah, so I work on the like an uh, wealth management. So I work for like an ETF company to be specific. Uh, that and um, so I work on the marketing side of things. Been in financial services for the majority of my life, and uh, yeah, I work in a fairly you know, you know, traditional finance side of things, and uh, you know, something that come you know I enjoy. But I wanted to uh, bring my creative side to you know in my own little baby. And, you know, just uh, simplify things for people like myself when I was, you know, 18, 20, 24, trying to figure out how to, um, you know, how to figure out like how to save, how to budget, how to buy a house and how to really just, you know, start early and get those things going. Well, well what I like about you, and this is something Daryl and I cannot relate to, right? You got balls of steel for saying, I'm going to leave any part of the world and come to another part of the world on my own and try to do things without yeah. having all the support systems. Like even though Daryl and I will claim like we're all self-sufficient and, you know, creative and, but you know, we've got like family connections and we've got, you know, family incomes and family support. And if that I make were it crash, easier. I, if I were to crash and burn, like I got a place to go. Like there's all these things that, you know, I sometimes take for granted and, you yeah. know, and I do cover that in some of my videos as well, like those aspects that um, that do come on as a challenge. Like I've, this is not the first time I've done this twice. So I move. Um, I was born and raised in India, and then I moved from uh, as soon as I finished my undergrad, I moved to Ireland. So in Dublin, I lived there for like four years ish, and then I worked there for a while, and then things weren't panning out as I would have liked, and feel like it was the long term place. Visa restrictions on what kind of job I could take, and I was like this is not sustainable. So I decided to move here. Things were a lot more flexible here and, you know, very appreciative of that. And, and I had some family here. My brother just moved here a couple of years ago. So I moved here and then, and then I was like, okay, well, I got to start all over again. So, you know, that's what, that's what it was. Your brother was here. Yeah. My brother was here. I mean, I've had some family here. It's a, it's a long story, but, so, but yeah, my brother moved here too. He went through similar struggles. Um, but yeah, when I was, uh, I'm 30 now. So I moved here when I was like 26, 25. And then, you know, I had to start all over again, you know, again, get some school because nobody recognized my experience. And then I had to, um, even though I had a master's, I worked for like, you know, some of the big banks, but like nobody considered that. I also decided to switch to marketing. And so I had to kind of start from scratch, you know, get a low paying job and then kind of slowly work my way up. So I do cover those things on my channel too. So when you're outside of the country and you're deciding where you might make your next move, like, like, it's like a, well, like it's just where's a, the most expensive just, place that I'm going to have the biggest just, struggle. No, but it, is that it? Because like, there must be a list of places that somehow you came up with and then you had to whittle them down based on something like give us a little bit of insight into the outside perspective of a what people think about toronto from yeah. abroad and two like the the decision making process and how you decide on toronto versus 
New York, Chicago, LA, yeah. San Fran, Saskatoon. Tokyo, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, Saskatoon. Right? Why, why was Saskatoon not on the list? Why Maybe are people it was. moving there? Man. Cheaper. I hope there's no people from Saskatoon watching my channel. No, we love Saskatoon. So. <laughs> Just start making not... things more interesting over there so more people want to move there. You may I... have 100% of the population as followers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, All I, three. I mean... I know. So I already did this once, right? So I, I moved to Ireland and that was a bit less of a calculated move, you know, still just fresh out of undergrad. I want to go to Europe was my, you know, you know, thought not too, uh, not too well thought of, but like things were good. Like I, you know, I got, went and got into a good school. I got a good scholarship. So, but you have to think it through from a lot of different perspectives. Like your first foremost, you have to think about uh, how long do I want to be there? Like, do I plan to come back or do I plan to stay for a while? There's a high chance that if you're you know, spending like forty thousand dollars on your, uh, you know, education, or eighty thousand dollars, or even twenty thousand dollars, you you want to recoup that money. So Canada is pretty good in the sense that they allow you to stay there long enough for you to kind of come to a conclusion whether like you want to be here or not, whether you're going to make your money back or not, or like you know at least build some sort of career. So when I moved to Ireland, I, I. I, I got my master's and I did want to like, you know, start earning some money and, you know, see if this is a place I want to be. I mean, if you make that big move, leave your family behind you, at least want to like see if things were, you know, something you can, you know, if you can do this long-term. And I was just dealing with so many, like the first job I got, they were like, sorry, we have to take this back. We can't sponsor you. So that was the first job offer I ever got. So, and <clears throat> Things like that, like you have to consider, like, is it, you know, um, can am I even allowed to work before you think about like, what are my career options? So, you, you know, Canada just makes it a little easier uh, amongst um, some of the other countries. Like US was also an option, but US also has a fairly uh, complex and a bit of a broken immigration system. Um, you, so. you pick the one country, I think Ireland's the only country where my family's from Ireland is the only okay. country where more Irish people live outside of Ireland oh, than yeah, they yeah, do yeah. In, in, in Ireland. Yeah. That tells you something, right? Yeah. Is that people are leaving. There's no, there's no reason to stay, right? So it's yeah. kind of like- They've gotten a lot better, I have to say. When I went, like they were still slowly picking up as a destination. And I think they've, they're really um, starting to build that reputation and especially rubbing off from- um, the loss that the UK was facing at the time, UK was making it more and more difficult for people to come and stay uh, and, you know, you know, study or work. And Ireland, I think, wanted, wanted to seize that opportunity. So they and get, they, they, they get the leftovers from London. Yeah. Basically, right? The leftovers from <laughs> Ireland London. has people become... Like, all right, well, where do I go next? I think they look the same over there and it's also an island. Let's let's go it's check so those close. guys It's like, like 20 quid castles. to fly. If you really want to like go to London, it's like 20 quid to... Yeah. Like... But it's exactly. become a destination for vacation more or for actually moving and living? For moving and just like actually living there for like a, you know, three to five to seven years. I have cousins life. who did that school time, school, post-grad, stuff like that. They go back to Ireland. They work there. They do different things, <clears> Scotland. Yeah. And it's, you know, but no one stays. I don't know. Every, all my families come back. They've, they've gone there who yeah. like, have Irish descent. And yeah. then they come back because. It's a great place. I, I, I have to say, like, I, I really enjoy it. I have very little complaints about like living there. Um, I mean, the issues came with like, just on this, you know, being able to work there, getting the kind of jobs I want. It is a small country, right? So your options are very limited in terms of the scope of opportunities you have. 
and um, as beautiful as that place as I found it, like you can eventually run out of things to do. Um, it's the same kind of things that you kind of like after a while they start repeating. So I think if you're into, what do you, you mean know, the CN Tower? You can go up like every single week, and it will be just as appealing as the week before. What What about cost of living? So cost of living in Toronto was this like a shock? Because Ireland's pretty expensive too. Yeah. Um, oh, that was an expensive spot. Uh, yeah. And they had a housing crisis at the time I was there. And I know like they have so many restrictions too, with like how up they can go. Mm-hmm. So um, limited land and housing was very expensive there. They have no tall know. buildings. No, just like they very small. Like, Aren't they all hobbit homes? They, they go down, you know, they go down. They, they bear, they, you go That's underground right. in Ireland. I thought you might walk down homes. the winding staircase to get into the lair. You find that you find a nice rock with some, some green moss on it and you put yep. on a door and yep. you live in Ireland. That's okay. It. So for, let's forget about Ireland. Cause this is a Toronto real estate show and <laughs> I don't know who cares about Ireland. Well, that Listen, makes one of you. PK does. That makes one of us. So, yeah. so, so, but, when you're when you're moving from Ireland and you're thinking about like what what was on the list what were your options what what did you come up with what was in line with Toronto I mean other Canadian cities were part of you know like Vancouver was one um, Montreal for some reason is not a, as accessible of an option for like some of the most obvious reasons why people even who grew up here don't move to Montreal I guess that's you can say it you can say it it's, it's, <laughs> I know it's you, the, want the it. I know you want me to say it I know you want me to say it you can say it it's all right we don't Man. we don't we won't post this on YouTube or anything um, uh that's yeah that's a normal thing to say but that's, was it all just Canadian cities you were looking at I mean the second time around yeah the first time I was looking at really? you know when I was moving to Ireland I looked at you know his brother Paris, I looked at the UK I looked at Ireland um I looked at Canada the first time I chose Ireland and that's when I was like, I had more, you know, I was looking at more options. The second time it was a little bit more um, like a bit more of a narrowed approach. Cause I was just like, I'm going to, you know, I qualify for my permanent residence. I, I, so I applied for that, did the whole process. So it was, so at that time I knew I wanted to come here. Okay. That's a big, so that was another part, which I think is what Daryl, I think this is what is the main thing in Toronto. It's like, accessibility it's like it's the immigration side of things right it's like how which country can i go to well i have a family member in toronto who can sponsor me well, that's where i'm gonna go and it becomes just like the, yeah. the path of least resistance right yeah and so there's a few and, other options too i know like um you know new zealand has is a popular destination i think I, I don't really know how it is now but like new zealand australia um and depending on your career like i think if you're in stem like the u.s makes it a little easier um, but yeah, like Canada does make it like, does make it a little easier for you to like, actually come here. Like if like, I would say like, that's, that should be the normal, um, thought process that if you're spending 60 grand on education or 50 grand on education, you want to, you want to like stay there for a while, see if it's worth it or not. I know a lot of people that decide to go back and I have chosen to go back, but at least you want to be able to stay there, try it out and then make your own call. Rather than according to 1.8 million people, right? It's not that easy to get in. Yeah. So again, I'm my I don't I haven't read the fine print, but my guess is wait when when's this article? This is just released uh, two days ago, three days ago. This was the uh, increase in the backlog. So there's always a backlog. (laughs) There's always applications. This is nothing. This is nothing new or COVID related. But there's three hundred fifty thousand dollars more backlog applications now compared Since to only like COVID. a few months ago. 
No, July. Can you see what it says here? Yeah. So half a million about like uh, economic. So, yeah, like I know they, when it comes to family and uh, like secondary application, like, you know, if it's like economic immigrant, they're like, get here fast. Like I know yeah. they keep making that happen what fast. How money do you express, have? Well, how much cash stuff. do you have on yeah. you? Yeah. Right? yeah. But if you're like, hey, I want to sponsor this, you know, my you know, my parents, they're like, okay, this is going to take seven years. So yeah. there's a Russian bot right now creating applications <laughs> on the Canadian government website. Just like wow. apply, apply, apply. Students and economic immigrant, like as I, like I came as, a, you know, a worker, this federal skilled worker program, which is what it's called. Like, you know, got it based on my age, uh, language skills, career, you know, education, job experience, like all of that. This mm-hmm. is like, I got no like family stuff. So like for them, they they just they they have been trying to make it easy, like you know, as fast as possible. Okay. So, so, that, um, so that's interesting, actually, to ex- to explain that then. So, because Daryl and I, again, not the most um, knowledgeable people on immigration and who's coming in and all that kind of stuff. Neither one of us has ever ever immigrated. We haven't even left the neighborhoods we were we were born and raised in. Okay, oh, but I did. We we had a, a beautiful lady who who worked in our house, uh, not as a nanny, just a cleaning lady uh, from the Philippines for years when the kids were younger. And we helped her become a, a permanent residence and we helped her get her kids in here. And it took fucking forever and it cost a fortune. How long was this? Would you say how long ago was this? Yeah. Well, we I mean, my daughter's like 15 years ago, I guess we, we uh, started with her and she right. just got her kids here like maybe five years ago. Yeah. It's not like people think that the process is uh easy. It's and it's not easy, it's accessible. Uh I would say like it's it's they don't like if you qualify, you qualify, but if you don't, you don't like they will not let you in. Like if you, so and you have to wait a long time to build that profile, build those years of I don't know if it's the experience or, you know, those uh, number of years of, you know, if you've lived here as a temporary resident. So they don't make it. Yeah, they don't make it like easy. They just, you know, the, the reason we're talking about this is because it's a Toronto real estate show. Right. So we yeah. know the numbers. We know that, you know a third of the people who are coming to Canada are in Toronto, 40 yeah. something percent are coming to Ontario. These are big numbers overall. So we're talking about like the population growth and the, and the question that we always get in comments sometimes we have in, in the, in the YouTube comments and things like that are, are people like, you know, almost like kind of anti-immigration where they think like <clears throat> the people coming are going to be job. like a drain on society, right? The rednecks, yeah. right? They're all yeah. like, Oh damn immigrants coming in here, taking my jobs. Yeah. Taking our like, jobs, rising up job. prices, taking all the inventory. <laughs> right. And we're super yeah. pro-immigration because Daryl on the development side, obviously that's going to be growth. For me, I understand very clearly that we do not have enough skilled workers in Canada and that it's going to kill our economy in the next 10 to 20 years unless we yeah. bring in people who and are the skilled. birth rate. So, the birth rate's plummeted. And, we're, I mean, we're if you think trouble. about it, like if you think about it, like even if you see it from like a you know, uh, as a skeptic or like a negative, you know, uh, perspective, if you think about like, why would the government do that? Like, why would they bring people in who don't have voting rights, who, you know, may take your jobs, as you think, like, why would they do that? They're doing that because there has to be a reason, right? Like, like, if a government brings in immigrants, they, 
they're doing it because it makes sense. Like it, it has to make economic sense. Like that's the only reason they would do it. Cause like, it's not like they're getting more votes from all these people. They don't want to get voting rights for like five years. Um, Good point. So, yeah. yeah. And they do everything for the votes. So yeah. really, right. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. you know, if they're bringing they're them in, there's the a votes. bigger so, purpose. Yeah. yeah. Isn't that crazy and, though? So, so they're, they're bringing in all these people and then all the ward counselors like don't want to add any, any homes in their, in their districts. It's don't like, come to my neighborhood. It, it's oh, crazy. Man, been, you can I've come been, in, but don't live here. Don't live here. Like, come on. Yeah, we that don't was want the you. thing. I've really been, I've been kind of, you know, seeing that so much lately, you know, in the U S and like uh, GTA, it's just, it's just becoming explaining so many of the things. Like I, I was just like, Oh, just, build more homes and then you realize like why they're not being able to build homes or you know some of the big factors around that and you're like okay it's like people don't want it you know not in my backyard it's crazy and and people like i've been arguing with people on twitter people say that there's not a supply problem okay a demand problem there's a demand problem I don't know what the hell they mean i guess because all the immigration <laughs> all the immigrants are coming in they're they're creating so there's too demand. much demand is what they're saying. So it's not that no, they're an, creating under supply. It's that there's an over demand and over demand. We, need to, we need to cool the demand side of things. Yeah. Meanwhile, we're talking about um, I, I just looked at the 2021 numbers. So it was uh, 222,000 uh, new Canadian PR cards January to August. Right. And about 115,000 of those people weren't in Canada already. Weren't. Right. So a huge, a huge amount were here already. But still, that's a lot of people. Where the, and I'm sure it's family members, there's different situations, whatever it was, but those people need places to live. Yeah. Right. And unless and again, there's like been going a bu- back to the point of like the reason why people, a lot of people, not, not a blanket statement, but like a lot of people move here, they're thinking slightly in the long term. Like if you're like, if you move to some other parts of the world where they don't let you make those calls, whether you can live here, live there long enough. Uh, so when people move here, they're like, okay, I'm going to bring, if I, like it here if my kid likes it here i'm going to bring all my money all my savings and i'm going to buy a house here so the reason why people come here they have that in mind that they're eventually going to build a family you know build a home and build their future so the immigration the perspective of real estate coming here is different as compared to a tech worker going to san francisco to work at apple they're like i'm probably not gonna you know live in san francisco all my life you know it's like I, even if i earn three hundred thousand dollars i can barely afford, afford anything but i'm gonna get that experience i'm gonna get get to work at apple but I'll, i'd love to work there for four or five years and then move somewhere else where i can take my apple experience and actually you know afford something yeah okay that, and that makes sense so there's more of a lifestyle in toronto for people's families long term Right. Like the vision of Toronto is more like I can be here. It's safe. It's nice culture. It's a beautiful city. Yeah. I can earn good income and then I'll be able to, uh, you know, Though, grow my family here. Yeah. But Which then is- I, Toronto, I would say like Canada. Um, yeah. But I'm again, like I'm wondering if like Toronto is losing that repetition slowly, but surely. Why? You know? Why do you say that? Again, with the affordability within Toronto too, like just how it, you know, uh, even if people want to live in, and buy a house in Toronto, like how many people can? Right. Like, it, I, I it's I'm almost not... it's almost silly to think that all these people would choose Toronto when you've got all these other options. Like obviously yeah. Vancouver's not a good option. Montreal has got its own, you know, 
Obstacles. So, but when you're coming but, from India, are you thinking like I don't know how it works in India? Do people own their homes in India? Do people rent in India? When you come here, are you dreaming of home ownership? Are you okay with renting? I mean, I'd say like it's considered. You know, it's 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 considered. Uh, I would say the perspective is not very different from here. Like, if you can afford a home, you will afford a home. Yeah. Uh, rental would be. Secondary option. Know, secondary option. And if it's something, again, like if you're moving to another city to work, if you're moving from Delhi to Bombay and you want to work for a while and then you would rent. And, you know, these cities aren't cheap at all. Like their prices are comparable to here, really? um, you know, in the millions. I think, so, that's, I, think, I, think, I think everywhere in the world is very similar. I think Europe is the only, um, and, and like New York City and like a few things where like renting becomes a much higher percentage of the population. Yeah. But for the most, for the most part, it's ownership, right? Like, but very, again, very... It's, is like, is that happening because it's just becoming less and less accessible as it is in Toronto? Yeah. It just started a long time ago. Yeah. yeah. I imagine. And so it's just built into the culture now, which is a little bit different where Canadians have always been historically and, and our reputation has been like the Canadian dream. you got a home ownership, you got to get a mortgage, you got to pay that sucker down. Don't have any debt, you know? And it's like all this crazy, you know, perspective that drives people insane. You got to get a college education. You got to go and take student loans and you got to owe $150,000 so you can pay that off for the next 20 years. Right. Like it's, yeah. it's, it is backwards. And I think that's going to change, but what are the options? Like I was just trying to name another city that someone could go to other than Vancouver and Montreal. And the only one I could come up with was Ottawa. Have you guys yeah. been to Ottawa? Yeah. Oh, God. Ottawa. Oh, pretty awesome. Ottawa's horrible. <laughs> Ottawa's right? horrible. Capital city. Uh, no one wants it's to like Washington. Ottawa. That's the first place they're going to bomb. So no one wants to live near <laughs> right? there. They don't, don't put be too there. much money into that place. Seriously. But the pricing in Ottawa is amazing. Like my wife's cousins bought a place in Ottawa and I can't, I can't believe how little they paid. It's crazy. How yeah. long ago was this? Because yeah, uh, it's probably a long time ago. Yeah, probably Ottawa about. prices have gone up significantly. But nowhere near Toronto. Yeah. No, look, not, not Toronto prices, but yeah. But I'm guessing the salaries aren't the same either. Like what you would earn, like a you know, a, my guess is like hundred K in Toronto would be like an 80k in Ottawa. I don't know. That's I, my, I feel like it guess. should be. I feel like it should be similar. I feel like you know why? Why would it be much different? You know, if you've got a job for a company where you're going to be doing work for them, whatever the work is, um, you know, maybe competition stuff like that could could drive incomes up here in Toronto. But um, you know, for the most part, like it's not that far away. Like you should be able to get a pretty decent life and living in Ottawa, right? Well, yeah, you're going to go to London, Ontario. <laughs> Uh, yesterday is so funny. I was uh, I was working on a video, and you know sometimes I look for sock videos, and I said the word like I talked about London, Ontario for like three seconds. So I just needed like a three second footage for London, Ontario. Couldn't find it anywhere on the internet that I could use. I, I had to cut it out of my video. I was like, "There's no footage of London, Ontario." That you I should have got. Uh, you should have used it... the footage of that kid getting dragged out of Western for uh, <laughs> not following the COVID uh, mandates. London doesn't even exist. It's just a made up. It's just a made up place. They just say it exists. Just to... oh, we had lots of fun in London back in the day. I'll tell you that that was a yeah. party town when I was in. Did you go to school when there? I was university age? Yeah, he didn't go to school there. They were. <laughs> I didn't go <laughs> they to looked school. At him and they looked at him and said, "Sir, back of the line, back of the line." <laughs> no, I, I I didn't get into Western. I tried, but I I didn't get in. But but I, I did have a lot of fun and there's a lot of people that go to school in West in Western. So 
I mean, there's yeah. people in London, but I think it's just if they didn't have the school, I don't think London would even be on the map. Yeah. It's so what crazy. are the options? And I guess that's the point of this conversation is like, why is Toronto real estate so out of control? Why is it that, you know, the market seems to always be going up? Why Daryl and I are very bullish. We're this, this yeah. market's going to continue to grow and the prices yeah. are going to continue to go up. Why? Because there's no other options to move. Where well, is somebody going to go? Vancouver's underwater right now. Nobody's going to Vancouver, yeah, right? Yeah. And the think more about you compare that, with think about like that will change other, the perspective. Um, the more you compare with like other comparable cities outside of Canada, you're like, okay, it's actually not that expensive. You know, if you compare with yeah. some of the other cities, I look at, you know, you know, the Seattle and, uh, you know, California and New York and Boston, you're like, okay, no, I guess we're still, uh, we're still a little bit more affordable. That's where I was trying to lead the conversation at the beginning is like when you actually make that list and you and you yeah. dig deep, maybe not even too deep, but you start scratching the surface, you recognize, well, if people are smart enough to use the currency exchange, you realize that it is way cheaper, yeah. right? And then if you actually come here, I mean, I don't know if you've ever been to all of those cities in the States, but uh, yeah. they're, they're not like here. In what way? They just don't have that same feel. Like there's something about bad. Canada and Toronto that just feels different than like going to New York or yeah. Florida. It's, or... it's so clean. Toronto, even so though we clean. complain, it is so co clean yeah. compared to New York. The buildings just shine differently here. Yeah. I feel like the people <laughs> are a little less ignorant here too. Like I just feel like there's this air of ignorance in the United States Mm -hmm. across the, the board well i mean nothing oh, is ever across say, the yeah. board but like it's a general feeling like when yeah. i would go to the states and i go into like any uh, retail establishment or a restaurant like i just like the service doesn't feel the same the people don't very general and broad statement but like <laughs> i don't get the same comfortable feeling yeah and i don't think it's because i'm from here because there's plenty of places i go where i feel like that just not right. the united states right mm -hmm. And I can't be just the only one who feels that, right? Like the current the currency exchange is 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 a big one. So what um, Arjun was mentioning was people are saying, "I'm going to bring my life savings. I'm going to have all the money that I've built up. Maybe I got to sell my real estate. I got to you know cash in. I got to get money from family, whatever it is, and I'm going to bring it somewhere." Well, wouldn't you like a thirty percent increase in you know for your dollar by exchanging into Canadian funds instead of U.S. Right? So that has to be taken into consideration is like, yeah. hold on, wait a second. So, cause I'm, I'm sure people use us dollars across the world as that metric. So yeah. in their head, they're like, I have 300,000 us dollars. And then also, or I can have 400,000 Canadian dollars. <laughs> it's like, Oh, or whatever the exchange is. Right. So, which probably makes, doesn't even go as far as the 300,000 us in the States because <laughs> everything's cheaper there, yeah. but it feels sure. better. They don't, they don't find that out for five years. Right. Not, not till you go to Buffalo to buy something. Not till you, yeah, exactly. Yeah, go to the outlet malls. How many people so, uh, live in Buffalo and work in in like Niagara in the U.S.? Like, sorry, Niagara and like um, in Canada. Canada you know, yeah, just, there's border, there's border um, crossings. Families, people get together. Yeah, husband, wife, whatever. One works over Windsor, Detroit would be one. Uh, yeah. Buffalo and um, I guess Niagara, right? Rochester, Kingston, you know, Kingston, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, those type of things. It exists. I don't know cool. why they do it. 
I guess yeah. maybe to go, I don't know why. I guess. Well, if you're making US dollars, I got a guy who's making US dollars for a company. Can't remember where it is right now, but he's making a ton of money, US dollars with his job living here in Canada, you know? And and, and I guess you could get paid more. I mean, God, if, imagine if you yeah. worked from home and we'll segue into that now, but imagine you worked from home from Toronto in Silicon Valley, right? And you were he, earning. Yeah, he, he works for a, a big company and it's like, the, the amount of income that he's getting for the like the compares comparable job here in Toronto, it's like three times as much, right? Just because of the value that he can bring the company, which is all remote. He used to fly down. And then since COVID, he doesn't have to fly anymore. It's all remote zoom calls, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. That's yeah, the so you, scenario, right? Yeah. And you, you've done a bunch of videos on work from home and okay. We got yeah. an article here. Nearly 80% of downtown Toronto office employees are still working from home. And there Not are a lot of debates, a lot of debates, though, going on right now is work from home going to stay work from home is going to disappear. It's going to be a hybrid. What's it going to be? What's it going to be? Nobody's making a call. I feel like everybody's just like waiting for someone to be the first person to, you know, they're just waiting for someone to be take the first step. Uh, um, we have like Microsoft and uh, didn't Facebook also say yeah. or Shopify, My like the, some of these big tech companies said, if you're if you're still efficient, what the hell do we care? You sit in a computer in our building or you sit in a computer at your house. Most yeah. of these guys probably aren't very supervised either. But anyway, sorry, go ahead. Tech was like the, one of the first moves like that industry just generally moved towards that. I don't know if like all of them have gone fully remote or like 100% optional. But um, like I, the only ones I can think of are like Twitter, Shopify. I know a few finance companies have done it, but like still the big banks, like they haven't made a call yet. Um, keep extending it. Yeah, they keep extending it. I am, um, I, I'm in two days a week right now. Um, Mandatory you know, in the office, two days a week. Yeah. Mandatory. Kind of yeah. Good. So you get like, to not pick good which for you, two days. Good, good that they're able to, you know, make that like enforce that, you know, that they're that they because yeah. I think that's the what's that? That's the the hesitancy of the companies. They're like, oh well, we don't want to force people to have to come. It could be dangerous. It could be yeah. there could be some issues. They they might they might you know like that kind of stuff. That fear I think yeah. is going to hinder a lot of progress. Companies have to say like, look, this is your job hear the rules, work from home, work from here, work from both, whatever it is, but be yeah. willing to enforce that. Otherwise there's so many like, uh, you know, industries right now that are being affected, especially with all the, you know, talk of those other health issues and stuff like that. So, yeah. But yeah, I you were know. in a position though, that could be a hundred percent work from home. Would you, would you I, I mean, I, I guess a lot of people's argument is that they need the social interaction with the humans, right? But like, aren't there other opportunities outside of work to get the social so interaction this, with humans? Yeah, that's what I like. What I, you know, you, you know, you open the internet and it's all about, you know, working from home, working from this. And people are like, you know, I know I love that interaction. I'm like, you know, working from home, you know, remote work during COVID and remote work during no COVID are two different things, right? Like I, I, talked about this in my videos too like you know no social interaction yes but people go out and see their friends and family after work they don't get to do that they, they don't get to sit at coffee shops they don't get to go to a bar they don't get to meet friends at a restaurant uh they don't get to take a vacation and go see their family i haven't seen my family in two years almost 
uh, my parents. So like that's draining, right? So that's a combination. So when people say that, you know, that I haven't socialized, I haven't, I miss that human interaction. It's not just the coworkers. I'm sure there's like some level to that as well, where you enjoy seeing your coworkers. And I actually have enjoyed, <laughs> I actually have enjoyed like, you know, uh, going in a couple of days a week. Uh, it's good to see those folks, but it's not like, you know, people don't see anybody if they work from home. There's right. that one and, and guy so, though that nobody wants to see anymore at the office, yeah. right? Or yeah. they're just like, Jim, I hate that guy. You know, at least I don't have to see Jim, Jim can anymore. work from home. Yeah, oh, Jim can work wait. from home, right? We're okay with it. You can have a raise too, Jim. Tell him, yeah, tell him to home. stay home, mandatory. Yeah. No, but like, do we, do we believe that you can be more productive at the office with humans in person than you can like this? I mean, I think that's to each their own. Um, I know the sentiment that I've felt is, and personally, and like some people that I work with are like at home, it's just you work your butt off, like with such little distractions. Uh, the amount of like chatting and uh, let's go get a coffee, let's go get a drink is this is insane at the office. Maybe it's just a, like a, springboard effect of like have, not having seen people but like the it's just so so many distractions it's insane i think the, like at the office you're saying at the yeah, office there's the yeah. distractions yeah mm. at home like i'm just working the moment i start no distractions like um so and like it's across the board where people the productivity has for knowledge workers you know people that work on their computers and the internet has just shot through the roof yeah, I mean, for me, I, I, I mean, uh, my my business went a hundred percent from home. Yeah. Um, and I mean, I do miss from time to time going out and seeing people, but I I can do that, right? So yeah, whenever I'm feeling like I need to, I'm getting a little squirrely, I can go out. But like my day, so if I wake up at four in the morning, I can get work done. And I can go back to sleep and then I can wake up whenever I do and I can get some more work done. And if I feel like, you know, hanging out with the kids or my wife or going for lunch, I can work later, you know, like I can work 24 seven if I want to, or three hours a day, like it doesn't matter. And I can yeah. be more productive in three hours a day than I used to be in 12 hours a day. Yeah. Because of things like you're saying, like when what to drive from where I am to downtown or to the East end or the West end in the traffic. And, and, you know, you can't be as productive as you are sitting at a desk. I mean, you can yeah. still be somewhat productive. And then the way home, it's like one meeting just ate up like three hours of productivity. <laughs> and if that meeting wasn't that productive, it's like, what the hell is it? What's the point? And, and, yeah. and, and then on top of that, like TK and I have been, playing around in VR lately. And like, right. you really do get a sense of immersion and presence, don't you? Like, I really feel like I'm with you when we're together we're doing whatever it is stuff. we're doing. Yeah. What do you mean and, you guys have been playing around with VR? Like the whole uh, virtual reality quest, quest two stuff. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So we're doing well, everything. But, this, but, this... but it's definitely, it, 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 it's helpful in, in, you know, like not having that feeling of, squirreliness or loneliness and and you know not no interaction with other people yeah and it's like in it's it, it's gonna get crazy so so the kids we've talked about this before we'll go a little bit on the tangent here but i'll bring it back the mm -hmm. kids today 
don't need to have the same social environment that we did as children. They are getting the exact same thing, if not more out of their online communication with their friends. It's, it's crazy. And it's all the, especially when it comes to video or VR or anything like that, because it's more interactive, the brain doesn't know the difference between them sitting next to their friend or them communicating in these virtual spaces with their friends. And so that generation, as they grow older, are going to be into work from home situations with, with uh, coworkers and stuff like that. It's going to feel the same way. And they're going to, they're going to have the social element. They're going to have the collaboration. That's where it's going. That's where it's going. It is going to go that way. Like, so there's only so long, fortunately or unfortunately that current employers can hold on to this model. If, it has to give eventually just because of the way people are growing up now. And, you know, that's just how 20s and 30 year olds will be, you know, 10 years, 15 years down the line. So they can hold on to this model as long as possible, whether for good or bad, but it's going to change. Jim has to retire. Jim has to move on with his crusty attitude and the new generations will come in and they will say, what, why are we going to the office? Let's, let's meet in the room. Let's, let's I don't even think they're going to go to an office. Half these kids never have a job virtual office, but most of them, not most of them, a ton of them will never ever have a job. Like imagine like take my son, for example, 15, he started a YouTube channel when he was 14 if he sticks with this for four or five years, maybe he gets a, a following enough to, to earn a living like a like a, a starting uh, salary at some kind of a company. Maybe he'll even yeah. make more than that and never work a day in his life. Right. Like or start a Shopify store or, or like who knows what? Like I got a feeling like downtowns are they're not going to be empty they're just going to change so drastically and i don't know why other reasons too like uh coming down to you know going back to toronto real estate um nice good idea it's just (laughs) um it's just it's a model that more and more people are questioning if it still works right people have been talking about it but nobody changes it is the fact that incomes are going nowhere but the prices just keep shooting up like crazy and so you know, you can do everything right as been, you know, as we're supposed to buy the book and still not afford a home, right? And still not be able to just make ends meet or have like two kids, right? Dogs are, you know, taking over the world because people are like, I can't afford a kid or let alone two. Um, and um, so when you think about like Toronto, uh, you're like, even if I work downtown, like how am I supposed to live here? Like how am I supposed to make that work? And it's just, even if you, you know, I can earn, like you can earn a hundred K and still not earn a home here, like own a home here. So I think people are questioning that model as well, that like thinking from that perspective, that if I work remotely, I can like get the hell out and be somewhere where I can actually buy something. Right. Right? Like that's the end, at the end of the day, that's what people want to do. They want to have a house where they can have a family, majority of the people, um, and they want to go, you know, they want to go to work and they, they can they want to have a job and then they want to like have a house and people can't do that. The more as younger people, even like, you know, I'm, I'm a millennial, but like Gen Z's are being edged out completely unless they just get that money inherit, you know, just they get that money from their parents, but the rest of them, no. Yeah, so, so there's they, a lot of creativity. Yeah, there's a lot of creativity needed for somebody who's 20 years old right now to be able to get into the housing market. Yeah. Right. 
That's why everybody's uh, investing in, uh, you know, in their crypto and uh, in the virtual world. Yeah. Yeah. And they're trying to like, they're like, maybe I can turn this $1,000 into a down payment. I was just talking to someone the other day and I was trying to, you know, we were talking about different investments and different things like that. And he's like, you know, my son's made $70,000 with his crypto fund over the last year. And I was just like, you know, he's like 20, maybe three or something, you know, it's like, oh my gosh. Like it's it's hard to there's all kinds of ways to make money now that, I mean, Arjun's 30 and he probably doesn't even know some of the stuff that these kids are into right now that they're coming up with. Right. I'm 45. I'm so far removed from everything. I was saying to my wife last night, like I must be old cause I'm really thinking things are getting weird right now. Right. Like things are getting that just off the, but, 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 but do, do you know what I mean? Like, Things are going to change so quickly, so drastically with these kids that we're not even going to know what happened. Work, they're going to start going, they're going to start questioning all these stupid things we've been doing for so long and just turn them on their head quickly, right? Yeah. They, Isn't they, that a every generation thing though? Like, like you know, yeah, the difference is, is technology now is way more advanced and grows way quicker. And you, how many? Centibillionaires were there when I was a kid. Zero. How many billionaires even were there? Like 10, maybe? Like it is so different. People are so powerful in this tech. Like nobody even knows what it's actually doing, even the people that create it. Yeah. And inflation's actually the motivator behind this, right? Like there is some benefits to the inflationary state that we're in right now, right? Because having the drive to be able to do these things, like looking at a condo. Or, or looking at a house back in 1970, that was $70,000, right? And, you know, you knew that you could buy it and probably get it paid off within five or 10 years or something like that. Was that really and motivating person you would to still innovate? still stay at home with the right? kids. Yeah, with, exactly. <laughs> was that really motivating you to innovate? When you're 20 years old and you're looking at a 300 square foot condo that costs $550,000 downtown that you got to pay off for the next 25 years because your salary is only going to be 60,000 when you're done paying for your $120,000 university education, right? There's a, you need some, you need to be motivated. You're like, man, yeah. I better figure something out here. Right. And yeah. that that's actually going to create more innovation and more invention to what the areas that we need them the most are. And, and I think yeah. the easiest way for people to do it is at home on a computer. I mean, it's just, and content creators are the, fastest growing small business type right yeah. now you know the guy um sure. is it daniel mack who goes around asking people who are there driving the cars yeah, yeah, yeah uh what do you do for a living right yeah and like you know every once in a while it's not the traditional stuff it's like yeah. i got an only fans yeah I almost- I, I'm, <laughs> I'm into social media you know i sell crypto and it's just like okay this is what's happening yeah, or I work for some uh, YouTube sports channel. I saw a girl in like a Ferrari Spider, and she worked for <laughs> yeah. what's that uh, sports something Barstool Sports on YouTube. Yeah. But it, it but crazy. It, it, it's crazy, and it's amazing all at the same time. And then if you add crypto and that whole blockchain and that whole universe into the mix, and what we're all as content creators going to be able to start taking control of our actual content and not have to rely on, you know, getting a thousand subs and a million billion views to make eight cents in ad revenue. Right. Yeah. That's also happening, right? Like, you know, it's happening. Uh, yeah. There's a, there's a, there's, there's, there is a porn coin out now where Porn producers can now take control. They don't have to upload onto a tube. 
And I mean, okay, it's porn, but like it's content. And there has been years of content creators that have got screwed literally out of all the money that everybody's making there. And so these things, whether it's porn, whether it's YouTube videos, whether it's any other kind of content, once you can control it, like you don't even have to work so hard on it either. Right now, if you're getting a hundred percent of the revenue from that or 80% of the revenue, instead of a, a fraction of a percentage of the revenue, like imagine what that's going to do to people and, and the motivating, like the motivation to do it, right? Like being in complete control of your destiny. Yeah. There's, there's certain people, right? So there was a, um, a Joe Rogan podcast uh, with Jewel a few weeks back. So she was explaining how, you know, her contract was, was heavily weighted on the back end on the sales. So there was less control on, on her productivity. Floyd Mayweather, right? Bought himself out of the top rank uh, contract for $750,000 and has gone on to make a billion dollars or more, you know, promoting for himself. Like there's all those little inspirational stories where artists or athletes or content people or whatever will, will be like, Hey, why do I need to go to Sony? Why do I need to go to YouTube? Why do I need to go to these huge maker company? I know they're going to offer me something now, but they, they just want to own me and that they're actually making way more money than I'll ever make. And then NFTs, you know, Daryl's explained that, you know, is, is one option or, you know, other platforms, you know, with the blockchain that is going to give people the control over their content. And, um, you know, they will now be the, the producers, right? I read, I read an article about people in the Philippines who, instead of working, are playing like Axie Infinity, a video game where you earn crypto and they're making more money at that than a job. Like, imagine, honestly, yeah. forget about that. Like, there's all these now kids you can afford Toronto real estate. Millions of dollars playing video <laughs> right? games. That's what it is. You will but now be able to yeah. afford Toronto real estate because of the, these little things that just never existed before. But why would you yeah. want to live in Toronto? Because Why wouldn't you want to live familiar. in some sprawling it's, it's, hills the and same lakes? Reasons. And... It's easy to come here, right? All the same uh, reasons that Arjun game. It, 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 it's easy to come here. It's familiar. You might know somebody, right? It's clean. It's not easy it's to safe. come here. It's easy to stay here. Easy it's to easy stay. to stay here. And once once you you're here. Come here. Easier yeah. than other, other places, yeah. right? So you can build your layer roots. Yeah. Um, it's cleaner than some of the other major cities. And on the grand sch uh, scheme of things, it's actually cheaper and more affordable to live here than it is in the other major cities. And people want cities because of the exact reason that Arjun said in um, Dublin, eventually you run out of things to do. Right? right. You've yeah. done it all. Some, yeah. Even here. Yeah. So why not go to a big city and I can then have entertainment and exposure, culture, events, travel, tourism opportunities there's more things to do in the big cities the cities will never go out of style i don't care where the jobs are or how they're yeah. working cities will always be where people want to be That's yeah it. especially when it's uh when it's you know just you know a couple or a single person or like you know when you want to be around all those things like you know priorities change i guess when you have like bigger families but i know a couple of people that you know have had remote jobs and they got the hell out of the city as soon as they got a chance and they're contemplating coming back population just... of yellow knife is a key indicator in oh, the nice. fact that somebody working remotely is not going to be moving far away from civilization just because they can right when you mentioned this yellow knife i was literally googling yellow knife for the first time yesterday 
Uh, yeah. so <laughs> I put myself, I'm a city person, right? I grew up in one of the most populated cities on earth. Uh, you know, move, you know, so I've only lived in cities and like I was doing a street map thing of yellow right just yesterday. Nice. Um, and, I just, yellow just, and I just, yeah, <laughs> it's just funny you mentioned that too. And it just gave me like, made my stomach like, like, like I just felt uncomfortable just watching it. And it was a nice summer day. And I was just like, okay, this still looks nice. I'm, but I'm seeing all these people. I'm like, why are you living there? So yeah. many places on earth to live. There has to be a very solid reason as to why people choose to live in Yellowknife. There's not many or, of them. Yeah. Right? There's not many of them. I'm, I'm pretty sure they got they got they got dial-up internet still, probably. But uh, I think most of the people I've been talking to on Twitter should be forced to move to Yellowknife. So let's talk about your last video quickly because we're running out of time here. Oh, Millions wow. quit. Should you? So I mean, this kind of is all part and parcel to what we're talking about, isn't it? This great resignation that people are saying is or isn't happening here in Canada. What uh, is the great resignation happening here? I mean, are people numbers... quitting in droves. Some people say that it's like the great reshuffling. I think I read that term uh, in uh, one or two uh, articles where they're saying that, you know, people are not quitting, quitting and leaving the workforce. They're just just doing something different altogether. So, I mean, people are not, like the workforce is not going to shrink dramatically, um, at least not in the long term. Benjamin Tal had his last economic update, I think a week ago or within the last week, and he showed job growth. And it's like crazy how many more jobs we've added in the higher income um, job sectors. And it's and the only one that was down was minimum wage jobs, like the ones that are low income, young people, not home, not homeowners, people who are unlikely to be or likely to be renting. Um, and that it was like this huge gains in all those other areas that were more, you know, which are why is which is why the housing market is still doing well. So what if people are resigning? You know, but, it's most likely from the jobs that are not that appealing, right? And, or they're resigning like to take jobs? a new job, right? Are these that? new jobs or are these like job vacancies? This is job, this is job growth. So it's just the, okay. the level of active jobs that are currently uh, being filled and where yeah. those stand compared to years prior. And you could see that the growth uh, currently in the higher sector jobs is higher than ever. That there's, there's yeah. since, I think they did since, since March, 2020. And so that they had this huge scale of job um, like gains and losses and the losses and or the very small gains were all in the lower income jobs. And right. that actually, when you went up the scale for the higher income jobs, they were up like 42%. One of them was right. So that's why housing has been so uh, easy for people to afford still, you know, that the jobs are out there. So resignation or not, nobody's leaving the high paying jobs, uh, like you said and, and uh, you know, taking their, taking their life to the streets. They're, they're yeah. going somewhere that's better for them. And the and jobs anybody, that are being left are the low paying ones. Yeah, and anybody with skills these days and brains ha has to recognize their value today. And a lot of people I think are going in and saying like, hey, I'm for a raise, bud. Yeah. I got, I got a lot of options happening. right now. These industries impacted the most they're seeing significant change in the wages, right? Signing bonuses and, you know, um, for like casual jobs, people are getting signed, you know, signing bonuses for a thousand, three thousand dollars. And 
in, you know, salaries are going up from 15 to $21. And like that, I, that's a good thing. I mean, uh, I, you know, that, I think that's, it's good that it's happening and I hope that continues happening. The double-edged sword, because as the businesses are paying those people more, they're raising their prices for all of us to buy them. And it's yeah. the inflationary spiral that everybody's we'll talking about. We'll find out right? now. We'll find out now. Because like this has been a hypothesis for so long and a reason for not increasing wages. So we'll find out in the long term now that if you know if the wages go up by six dollars or four dollars an hour, where is that gonna go four years from now? Like at, at what point is it gonna be too expensive? I'm like I'm actually looking forward to that because this has been an, a valid or not valid excuse for a long time. Let's, let's do, let's end the show with this. We're going to do it. We're going to do a survey right now. Okay. You can be in one of two camps, camp permanent inflation or camp transitory inflation. Arjun, you go first. No, you guys go first. <laughs> I'm, I'm in camp transitory. I think transitory that will, is, I think we'll, we'll cool, we'll cool back down and that yeah. the price gains in like, you know, oil and gas, natural resources and, and the manufacturing supply issues and all that type of stuff. Once demand starts to level out, I figure that these prices will all come back down to reality because not that much has changed. The population hasn't grown that much. And I don't believe that there's that much more money out there um, that will be spent driving prices up over the next two, three years. I think transitory is a very, um, it's a very broad term and it's being used very loosely. I think all of these factors that we're seeing raising prices now are definitely not from natural market causes, right? They're definitely pandemic induced, but they are going to take a hell of a time to work out and they're going to feel permanent for a while. Yeah. And yeah, like lumber prices will come down and, Prices will come down and other prices will go up and wages will go up and housing prices in Toronto are definitely going up. Like there's a ton of stuff that's going to keep going up and up and up for a long time. And yes, maybe we will stabilize at some point, but we will not go back to how it was two years ago with anything. Because you know what? Once they start making all these microchips that we're lacking in everything, right? We're going to need more. They will not fulfill demand because the technology is increasing and the amount of EVs are increasing and the amount of laptops and phones and computers and smart fridges and everything with all of these things is going to only increase over time. So they're going to try and meet today's demand with all these new factories. But what about tomorrow's demand and next week's demand and next year's demand? Daryl, can you give us a straight answer? Are you in <laughs> camp permanent or camp transitory? I... I, I I think it's just so fucking different now than we can even expect. And nobody could possibly know what's going on. So I would say a hybrid of permanence. Well, but there's no answer to this. There's well, no, you just have to pick one. You just have to pick one. Permanent. Permanent. Arjun? Um, transitory. Transitory. All right. Yeah. There you heard The transitories it. have it. <laughs> Arjun, thank you very much. Let's just do a little shameless plug here. Uh, let people know where they can find you. Yeah, for sure. So um, I have a YouTube channel called Arjun Approach, and uh, I like to cover things around personal finance, life in Canada, and kind of combine those topics wherever I can. I've had some, uh, you know, a pretty eventful 20s. So I like to compile all of that into, you know, a channel that, I, that is full of life lessons. 
So uh, come follow me over there. And um, I talk a decent amount about Toronto real estate too. I'm invested in this market and uh, there's you know more stories to come on that front. So yeah. Awesome. Well, thanks for being on the show today. We really appreciate sure. it. And uh, we'll catch up with you again, um, I guess, in the new year. New on Curiosity Stream, uncover engineering secrets from history's greatest masters. From the mysteries of the first man-made waterways to the building techniques of the early Americas, it's ancient engineering. Plus, 40 tons of trucks speeding down the interstate can be a recipe for disaster. See how today's smarter new age big rigs pave the way for safer highways on high-tech trucks. Watch now on Curiosity Stream. Annual plans are $20, just $1.67 a month. Visit CuriosityStream.com.